Welcome to the Quran for Busy People podcast, episode number three. You're listening to the Quran for Busy People podcast, a safe space for you to rediscover the simple beauty and spiritual depth of Islam beyond the headlines. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace, love, and blessings of Allah be with you. I'm the Quran coach Mamoun Youssef, and today's podcast episode is called Muslim Conversations About Terrorism. Now, I know you're busy, so I try to keep most of our podcasts down to between about 10 to 15 minutes, but today's episode is a little different. I'm going to share with you a recording of some of my closest clients and students during my Timeless Wisdom Mastermind a group coaching program where we explore life from the inside-out paradigm. Now, what made this session so fascinating is that it was recorded the Friday after the atrocious Paris attacks in January 2015, and there was palpable tension on the line, which we directly addressed. What you're about to listen to is a very honest, raw conversation between myself and a non-Muslim, a recent convert to Islam, a deeply spiritual Muslim lady, and a Muslim activist. It was such a mind-blowing session that I actually took everyone's permission during the call to share it with the whole world. In fact, this conversation became the actual reason for creating this entire podcast. I hope this is as eye-opening for you as it was for me. And now, let's listen in. Anybody watched the news over the last 48 hours? So it's happened a few times where, well, actually it's happened pretty consistently over the last 13 years, a Muslim has killed a bunch of people and then said, uh, Allah, Muhammad, Jihad, <laughs> something. And then all the rest of us have been like, oh, flip her neck, Why do you Do you want to be a mass murdering serial killer? You know, it's an interesting life choice, but all right. But why bring this beautiful religion into it? <sighs> so anyway, I saw that a, a few days ago. And um, a couple of days ago on the news. And I got a text from my friend, and he was just like, oh, no. <laughs> I, I hate it when I get a text from this guy, and it's, oh, no, because it's like, it's just, it, I didn't want to look at it. Uh, but I saw what happened, and I was thinking, um, and I was like, yeah, I should, I should say something, you know, because I have a lot of people on Facebook, and some of them, Obviously, I have a lot of Muslim friends and followers and stuff. And then there's just regular people like coaches, people I've met at networking events and stuff like that. And they're all my, on my Facebook. And I'm like, okay, I should say something like, sometimes they, like people ask me, like, hey, how come Muslims don't condemn this kind of thing? <laughs> I don't know. Every, all, all the Muslims here are like, what? Because <laughs> all we hear is, you know, we're like, we're sick of condemning it. It's like, oh, come on, right? And, you know, we know that every Muslim scholar throughout the world, you know, constantly is saying, you know, this stuff's not for Islam, there's nothing to do with religion, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the very fact that somebody could ask me that means that that, you know, uh, I, in Spain it might be different in the UK, but on Spanish news, definitely the day when it happens and the next day, 
was like, uh, you know, the president of France says this, uh, David Cameron says this, Barack Obama says this, uh, Pepe in Spain says this, and everyone else is like, and, and I'm like, yeah, okay. And all of the scholars in the Muslim world say, it was like, and Islamic terrorism strikes again. I'm just like, oh my gosh. So I tell you this long story because a lot of people like request, like to you know, ask me to say stuff about it. And you know, I posted something up on Facebook recently. Oh, I posted this thing up like last night. I haven't looked at it since, but it got shared a lot. It was like I just posted it up that. You know, real jihad was this guy who was Ahmed, who just took a bullet trying to protect innocent people. I was like, if there's a real jihadi, it's that guy. And I got shared like hundreds of, or thousands of times. It was crazy. Okay. Mamoon, I loved your um, your comment on Facebook. Uh, and I, I'm not surprised at all that it's gone viral. Um because I think it is time, it's time to actually expose the, the beauty of certain things as opposed to the hatred. Yeah, I was thinking very similar, Jorinda, and um, just now my thought is that it, it really comes back to the truth and it comes back to the love and it comes back to to that because... Um, I know when I have, you know, spoken to a few people and, and they've been angry and this and that, and when I've just, just put it in words, they've understood it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm honestly, I'm so tired and I feel it's so, like, they, the media doesn't want to hear it and it doesn't matter. I mean, okay, on Facebook it's different maybe, so that would be good. I don't know. I feel there is so much information out there already that shows what Islam is really all about, and anybody interested will easily find that, I feel. <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't, no, it doesn't change anything if we try to, I don't know. Yeah. yeah because of something like this to go against uh, what the mainstream media is saying, I think this is that's hopeless <laughs> because the mainstream media is always going to be loud yeah but for the people who yeah. care uh, they, they already don't read the mainstream media anyways anymore or listen to it so mm. can, I, can I just say something yeah um, I I just sense a fear there. I sense, I sense a feeling of fear. Um, a fear of speaking out. And a fear of speaking out the truth. Um, I think we touched mm -hmm. on a little bit just, just a while ago on this, on this courage, on this confidence, this courage that we have inside. And um, the courage to speak the truth. It really does need courage to, to speak out and really um, to to you know to, to the world basically the truth. 
which, which is the only truth. And um, not everybody is going to be pleased, happy, this, that, and other. And, and nobody will ever will be. And that, that is not the aim. The aim is not to please every single person or to, um, to change every single person. That is not the aim. The aim is where we stand now of who we really are and what we are to, to speak the truth. Because that's the only thing that we are doing right now. And that's the only thing that we do in our coaching. And that's the only thing that, that we on this life are doing. And, um, and it, you know, to, to have that courage and to do it. Because um, if we keep quiet and then really um, that's just um, keeping quiet and um, keeping silent and and then nothing's happening. But we have the courage. We have the courage to speak the truth and um, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. I think that is the best dawa, the best the best way to show Islam is by showing Muslims and non Muslims that Islam is universal, that it is more more important than being Muslim is being human first. Just being a, a member of this human race and we all have the things in common. We all want peace. We all uh, we all need, uh, you know, a connection to a higher source. Like all the people who are talking about law of attraction and what have you. I mean, they all recognize that and using that. And we all have the same mm-hmm. need. And when you speak about these universal things in a universal language to everybody, and you happen to be a Muslim at the same time, I think that is the best uh, way to show uh, the peacefulness and, uh, you know, of Islam and that we don't exclude anyone or hate anyone or whatever. I think that's really great. Yeah, Abda, and um, it goes beautiful. It's so beautiful. Universal. Universal is a word that our Sulaiman used. He didn't use me or us. He 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 won mankind. He won the world with the love and the patience and the love. And that's what he used, and I think this is the thing that's missing. And um, at the moment, it's about groups and us and them, and it's not about one. You know, we are one, and that is a message that was that was taken, you know, by our uh, prophet peace upon him. And this is a message I think that is is forgotten. Um, in the way that it, it's, you know, it needs to be said. And, and, and to say in, in Mamoon in the way that, you know, it reaches the whole mankind, wow. Let's go for it. 
I'm I'm going to chip in because I love sitting and listening to these conversations because I'm not a Muslim uh, by by faith. Um, but when I join these conversations and and in all my conversations with Mamun too, it's been um, there is a connection which. Rabina, I think you know. Just to, I guess, just to say again what you're saying. It's but but giving it to you from my perspective. I I probably grew up in a Christian faith background, and I did spend quite a lot of time in a gospel band and things like this. And yet, I feel an enormous affinity with you, with Mamoon, and and in these calls. And actually, I love it when. A little bit of Arabic is used. It really makes my soul sing. <laughs> it's because I hear, I hear what we're all after, and that's to find ourselves, to find our best selves. Um, it makes me weep. when incidents like this happen because it does discolor things incorrectly and and my heart bleeds actually because i you know it's it's i don't know it's um i just i love the you know i love um, the Belinda. You know, your heart is bleeding, and when one heart is bleeding, so is the other heart. When one heart is bleeding, it's like it's like the news for me was like so sad, sad in a way that my heart's bleeding to hear that because it's a soul, it's another soul that is suffering and. When another soul is suffering, my heart is beating because the only thing that soul is crying for is a yearning for love. And the love is the one that is the one that we're all yearning for. And and I saw soul just felt that um you know, another soul that that's that so yearning for the love and and the actions that are going on, and that's what it is. Yeah. Um, forget everything else. Forget the titles. Forget everything else. Mm-hmm. This this is a soul we're talking about. This is a soul that that is crying and and being you know human beings are being killed and the whole thing and and your bleeding is bleeding because um, another soul. It's it's. It's the same thing. We're not different. Mm. How can we be different? Mm. We're all the same. And so soul is yearning and bleeding and so is mine. So so is so is so many other people's. Yeah. Um because we're all the same. Mm. Because we're all created from Adam. Yeah. Oh, 
hide on this call. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that? <clears throat> uh, what's your perspective? Um, what kind of format would you most like to see it in, and what are your thoughts, like what's come up for you over the last few days since you've seen this horrific thing in uh, Paris? Um... And if nothing has, because you, because yeah, that's totally okay. If you are no. blessed enough to have completely <laughs> avoided the whole thing, <laughs> then oh man, no. I'll bless you in a big way. Sorry, that was the, the case. Um, I'm so I thought that like nothing, nothing could surprise me, nothing could shake me, because you know there's already been so much awful stuff happening that. The next time something would happen, I'd be okay, you know, if expected, probably, whatever. But um, I felt like I'd been punched in the stomach repeatedly when I, read, when I read the news for the first time. And I have a like I have a lot of friends and people from university and stuff that were texting me because you know they wanted my opinion, they wanted me to say something. Um, and I think, you know, some of my friends are, you know, it takes them longer to kind of find their own political bearings. So will often ask me my opinion so that they can kind of get, you know, figure out theirs, which makes sense. And, you know, it's fine. But um, I couldn't say anything. I, I just, I, I don't know. I just... I just couldn't say anything, and there was there's been a lot of noise, um, and there's a lot of frustration, especially among British Muslims. I don't know about anyone else, but um, who are frustrated and angry about having to defend their faith time and time again, because when these things happen, it's not a reflection of our faith, and you know. I hear that and, you know, like, that resonates with me because I don't want to have to defend my faith in the face of something that I can't relate to at all that, for me, has no significance with my religion whatsoever, apart from the fact that someone is there, you know, using Arabic words or taking the name of our prophets or something or... And... Um, Everything's become <clears throat> very political, you know. Um, I, th I think a lot of Muslims in the West, and particularly like younger Muslims as well, feel like since 9-11 that identity has become politicized. And what I really felt this time was that there isn't enough being done on the human level, like, and you know, people are writing articles about how in France it's just going to lead to more alienated Muslims and more extreme, like right-wing Muslims, and therefore more attacks and things and. Like it shouldn't. It it should work the other way. But 
I, I don't know how how we can kind of get there because everyone is blocked by their own frustration and their own pain. So, I mean, like, I looked at, you know, like, the Muslim Council of Britain, they released a statement, and, like, our friends from the Islamic Society of Britain, they've been saying stuff, and it's all it's all nice, but it's, I don't know, like, it's not, it doesn't feel, you know, like, meaty enough. Sorry, I know you don't eat meat, but, like, it doesn't feel, yeah. you know, <laughs> substantial. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit like copy and paste since the last terrorist attack. Here's the statement. <laughs> and you know, the the thing is, um, the Quran and the Sunnah don't change. <laughs> like they are the same. You know, the verse, the verses in the Quran that we would quote to, to completely, you know, contradict everything these guys are doing, it's just, it's amazing, we have, like, pretty much every verse about the afterlife, you know, and heaven and hell, <laughs> basically, you don't kill people, because then you won't go to heaven, <laughs> right, but, so, it's ridiculous, and, <sighs> hearing you guys speak, something, uh, on the one hand, I really feel pain, I feel sad that it's happening. And I'm reminded that if you want to change the world, only need to change your world. If you want to change all of the world, you want peace in all of the world, create peace in all of your world. You want to awaken all of humanity, awaken all of yourself. And it's hard to see that. You're like, yeah, okay, fine. Well, I'm awakened. How, how's that going to help? <laughs> um, well, that's actually all that will help. It's the only thing that will help. You know? The, you can't help someone who's drowning in the sea by jumping into the sea with lead weights on your legs. And we can't provide any kind of leadership, spiritual or otherwise, for British and French and Western Muslims or for the rest of humanity if we're trapped in the same illusion as not only, well, as the terrorists themselves are trapped in the same illusion, as the Muslims who are fed up of responding, they're angry that they have to respond, trapped in the same illusion. The people who are too afraid to speak out, trapped in the same illusion. And the illusion that we're all, and, you know, non-Muslims who think we're crazy, psycho-killers, <laughs> collectively, as a religion, um, trapped in the same illusion. And the illusion that we all sometimes get trapped in. 
is the illusion that our fear is caused by this terrorism. Truth is, fear is the cause of terrorism. The illusion that our anger is caused by the injustices we see. Truth is, anger is the cause of injustice. The illusion that our hurt coming from the things that we see on the television. And the truth is, it's hurt people who are doing those things. You know, there is no there's no there's no way out of this but to see through it. And when you see through it, in a way, you know, Samia, you were saying that sometimes people come and they ask you your political opinion and this time you're just gobsmacked. And they're not really asking for your political opinion. They're asking for your leadership because they're lost. And I think there's a lot of people in the world who aren't Muslims who would love to believe that Islam is a peaceful religion and they can't see it. And you know, we said that, oh, but you know, anybody can find this information out. Well, unless they Google Islam, or they Google the Quran or the Prophet Muhammad, in which case the first five pages are like, Christian fundamentalist websites that make us look like nut jobs and say bad things about Prophet Muhammad and Allah and stuff like that. Um, yeah, or unless they don't really care much about religion, like most human beings, don't really care all that much unless it comes on the news. And then their source of information is the news itself. Um, I don't blame media. I don't blame the government. No. Each of those is made up of human beings too. And guess what illusion those human beings are caught up in? The same as the rest of us. The illusion that something outside of us causes our feelings. And blind to the fact that the way we are internally is what creates our external world. Inner conflict creates external conflict. And it's really easy to disassociate spirituality from these real life, yeah, you know, sit in a mosque and meditate, but how's that going to help when a child is being killed? Well, it might, it might be the only thing that will help. It's not about not doing the actions to stop the bad things in the in the outside world. But right now, that's not what's missing. You know, what's missing is people who are doing those actions to try and stop it. Like the government right now is trying to stop terrorism. And their policies are nuts, <laughs> some, some of them, right? 
and I don't know all the up-to-date latest policies and things like that, but I remember when I was at university and I was studying this, stuff, I was like, geez, these guys think we're nuts. They're like, yeah, it, was cause, it would cause all kinds of, our attempts to fix these problems externally create more external problems if the source isn't cured internally. And the internal cure we all have access to inside of us right now. The simple reality that everything you're experiencing right now comes from within. That's the cure. That's what causes an increase in taqwa. That's what causes the inner peace that comes from accepting what is, which is the very definition of Islam. Islam is the inner peace that comes from accepting what is. Most people who use Arabic type words in the media don't know the meanings of those words. It's like chicken tikka masala. <laughs> chicken tikka masala is the most popular curry. And it's not even a real curry. It's like masala, that's just masala, right? So they're using words like jihad and Islamic and things like that, not knowing, like, really, if we took a look at it, Islamic terrorism is a completely nonsensical statement. How can you have peaceful terrorism? You know, jihad is one of the highest spiritual values in that every human aspires to. The word jihad means struggle. And in a spiritual context, it's the struggle to do the right thing, even when it's the hardest thing to do. A very noble value. It's the thing that gets us out of bed in the morning to go to work instead of just being at home depressed. It's the thing that gets us to eat vegetables instead of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I mean, that's jihad right there. <laughs> and, yeah, my guess is most people who watch the news have no freaking idea that that's true. And they're like, oh, you've got to be aware of the jihadi Muslims. I'm a jihadi. I do it every day. I go out of bed at 6 a.m. this morning <laughs> to go to the mosque <laughs> to pray and memorize the Quran. I mean, bloody hell, I have the profile of, like, the way these guys see us, I have the profile of, like, the ultimate terrorist. I speak English and Arabic. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Well, Yeah. But it's like Julie was saying, if they could see the beauty in it, and not just, you know, beauty isn't an abstract thing. It comes with a feeling that can cure its madness. When you're saying, I mean, the whole thing about, uh, you know, healing ourselves, right? Or, I don't know if you actually use this term, but I was thinking this. I mean, what we were talking, actually, since the beginning of the call, even though it was a different subject, was the that things have to come from our inside, right? And have to, mm-hmm. have to change from our inside. And this is on an individual level, and this is on the ummah level, right? 
So the Ummah is so weak right now, and that's why these things can only happen, and that's why the world can only have a bad impression about Islam because the way we're representing Islam is is very, very weak, right? So for the Ummah, we have to heal from inside, and for that to happen, each member has to do their best to to heal from inside. And um, and then there's no other way than that Islam will show the beauty that it really is. But until that happens, uh, we have a lot of work to do, <laughs> I think. Well, that's not our work. No? No. Our work isn't to change the world. Our work is to change ourselves. Yeah, but... Your mere presence Mm. in the world will transform it when you have transformed. Mm. Yeah. I haven't done anything to try and change people's views on Islam, but I don't think any non-Muslim meets me without having a very different picture of Islam after we've had a proper conversation. And I have zero agenda. Literally no work or effort on my part. It's just who I am. That's exactly what I mean. Same's true. Yeah, I know. So it's not that we need everyone in the Ummah to do that. (laughs) I mean, the ultimate, you know, if you want to be have a vision of utopia, then yeah, it'd be great if all of humanity could see this really clearly. Um, When we want the world to change, we want everyone else to see it clearly, usually it comes with, well, if only the whole world would change, then it would be okay. And then I would be okay. And the fact is you wouldn't. Because right now, if you're coming from that frame, then you're not seeing clearly where your experience comes from. Your experience doesn't come from the whole world transforming. Your experience comes from inside of you. Mm-hmm. So our work is not to transform the world. It might happen by, <laughs> by happen chance. That would be nice. But each of us is totally responsible for our inner our inner transformation, which is simply to say, each of us must see where our experience comes from inside of us. Our anger doesn't come from the injustices we see on TV, it comes from inside of us. Our fear doesn't come because some psycho killed someone. If there's been a psycho killing someone, every single a, you and I have been alive. And there's been some poor, innocent victim being slaughtered every single day that you and I have been alive. That's not the cause of our anger and sadness. Otherwise, we would be angry and sad every single day our whole life. And we know that that's not where our experience is coming from. 
It must be coming from somewhere else, somewhere closer to closer to home. Or inside of us. The Quran says, Allah will not change the state of a people until they change within themselves. And most Muslims are like, okay, let's go and change the world. Like, wait, did you just miss the ayah? <laughs> the change has to happen within, within ourselves. You know what's great about that is kind of not easier to do. You don't even have to put it on your to-do list. You just have to stay in this conversation. It's, it's what we call a transformative conversation. This is what Quran coaching is about. Go ahead. Can I just say something? Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the misconceptions of I think probably where I was as well um, before my own uh, inner transformation is that um, being close with Allah is is, one of, is the biggest goal that a lot of people want to be you know do and um, and the biggest thing that they have, uh, you know, in their thinking is that it's through the Quran, it's through the prayer, and um, and that is the only way, and that's, that, that is the way, and that is, that is the same thinking that I had before my own inner transformation, and... Um, and, and this is far from the truth, because when I, you know, mention in just a few words that, you know, to somebody who, who on Facebook, that I am so close with Allah, and I, and I have that inner peace, and I have that happiness, I have the love, I, you know, it's out of this world, and, and the question I get is, well, which Islamic degree did you do? Yeah, yeah. where did you get this from? <laughs> yeah, like, no? What, you were Muslim? I got this yesterday. Just yesterday, this conversation. And, yeah. well, yeah, you, you have, which degree, Islamic degree have you done? And, and you know, it's like, how much Quran and prayer that you read and this and that, whatever. I says, well, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I, I read the Quran and the prayer, but, that is not where my inner transformation or this is that that is not where my happiness came from. And mm-hmm. you know, my own inner transformation is from my own self, knowing my own self. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, that and, and you know, that, the response I got was wow. Um so it Oh good, this, I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad that's the response you got. Because the response of a lot of, well, you know, the response of a lot of people to that is, you heretic, you know, you, how, 
what do you mean you didn't get it from, from Salah and, and the Quran? And what people miss, you know, Al-Ghazali, uh, one of our scholars, um, he said something beautiful. I picked up one of his books recently, a few days ago, called Al-Bidaya Til Hidaya, The Beginning of Guidance. And he said, there's two, there's two types of taqwa. There's two types of consciousness. I was like, really? <laughs> and, uh, I loved, the, I, I actually loved the way it was translated. It was written very personally, right? So there's two types of taqwa. There's the, there's external taqwa and internal taqwa. I was like, okay. And then he said, this book is called Al-Bidayat al It's called The Beginning of Guidance. Because all I'm going to show you is external taqwa. And then as you read the book, it describes very specifically the Prophet Muhammad wasallam's exact morning routine, exactly what he does and what he says when he wakes up, the prayers to say, you know, everything's really specific, which is, Excellent. And when you understand the instant Ihsan stuff and what presence is, all of the du'as that the Prophet says, if you do them, it makes you instantly present and brings you back to the now and back to your true self. So that's beautiful. And then you're singing the praises of Allah all day. You go to the mosque. And, and what I loved about what he said is, this is just external taqwa. And it's the beginning of guidance. True guidance is from internal taqwa. That's beyond the scope of this book. Now, you know, the thing about external taqwa is people can see it from the outside, <laughs> right? And he said, the danger about what I'm going to teach you is that people can see it from the outside. So if you try to do these things so that people see you doing it, you're headed directly for the fire. He didn't mess about Al-Ghazali. He's like, he's hardcore, right? You do these things so that people see you doing them. If you do them so that you think that you can become something great, you know, if you do them from some kind of arrogance, and you're completely lost. That's one thing he says. The other thing he says is if you're finding it really difficult to implement this routine, implement this ritual, you're lacking inner taqwa. And he gives some advice to, you know, wake us up a little bit. But something that occurred to me is it just became effortless for me to do the routine. Alhamdulillah, Allah, until now, nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't pray that I'll be doing this routine for the rest of my life. I do pray I'll do it tomorrow morning. And the simple fact is it's not the routine it's not the ritual. It's having a deep connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That deep connection makes, like when you get this stuff that we're talking about, doing the ritual is just like effortless. Like this is something I've been, you know, I've wanted to do for like decades, literally. Right? Like, oh my gosh, it'd be so great if I could actually, <laughs> I could actually be bothered getting up early in the morning and that kind of thing. But, it just happened effortlessly, spontaneous, permanent change. On the spot, 
and permanent. That is what happens with inner aqua. That's what really Islam is all about. That's what. So thanks for going there, Rubina, because you're right. A lot of people listen to us talking about truth, love, and peace, and, we, you know, we have it. And, and, of course, we all see this really clearly, except when we don't, right? But there is something about understanding what consciousness itself is that has an enormous impact on our lives. Understanding what the mind is and what thought is and like Julie said several times, where our experience is coming from. That's the game changer. That's the game changer. Trying to implement a ritual that you've been trying to implement your whole life and been failing, you know, and then trying some mind tricks to get yourself, oh, if I do an NLP like swish pattern, then I'll get myself out of bed earlier, which I used to teach that stuff, right? That's not where it's at. That's not where it's at, because that's not where the transformation happens from. I guess for myself, there's there's a certain kind of discipline now, in a way, uh, of stopping to evaluate what's going on for myself. Um, I've watched myself get up in my head this week, not only about affairs on the news, but you know, the way that life is happening for me right now. I've got a a few deadlines to meet and several things to get done. Um, and it, it just felt busy and I felt like I was out of time and things like that. And this morning in preparation for the call, as I was going over everything, I thought, well, what is all of that? You know, I know that it's my thinking, but I obviously don't know because I'm feeling pressured by all of that. And when I just sat and marinated in it for a second, it was a question of, <laughs> oh, okay, fine. Um, literally, just to go back and marinate a little bit for a moment and remember. Uh, and it is it is actually just about remembering. And, and I was home again. And this call has been amazing. So thank you. Thank you, Julie. You being here has been really special. And it's been, I think it's been really good for all of us. And I think it helps us, you know, because, you know, we want to talk in universal terms. And if we're all Muslims and we're all, you know, we all have the same reference of experience, it's really easy for us to get lost in language. Mm. And so thank you for keeping us grounded. And thank you for being such a open, loving, compassionate heart. You bless us with your presence. Thank you. Thank you, my man. You're welcome. Any, um, what did you find most valuable today? And then we'll wrap up. Sorry, is that to me? Yeah, to you and to Samia. Um, I think for me is um, 
having the uh, space to be able to um, speak the truth, to to be who I am, to be in this moment, speak what is, um, to connect with what is um, the presence, um, because that's all there is. And um, that's what this whole conversation is about. Um, and um, to be able to sort of, you know, have this to um, shared with um, with with the rest of the world is an absolute honour because it's all there is. And I really, 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 really um, thank you uh, for everybody for, for for being in this space, and especially Mamoun for creating that space. And um, yeah, love you all. You feel it. Thank you for being here, Rubina. Samia. You get from today's call. Um, I haven't been on the call for a while with uh, Sabina and Julie, so it was really good to hear from them again. Like I, I, I really like listening to their insights and their experiences. Like they really helped me. And I think hearing their views on what's happened the past couple of days has calmed me down a little bit, well, quite a lot. Um, so that was definitely quite a good after. Yeah, me too. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to the Quran for Busy People podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and leave a positive review. That way you'll receive fresh, new, enlightening episodes every Tuesday, and many more people will benefit. Show my way, show my way, show my way.